Yo. <laughs> Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Then again, you probably already know that by now. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You can find a podcast just about anywhere. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Overcast FM, Pocket Cast, Google Play. Of course, you can catch me on the gram, Facebook, Twitter, Blogger, and YouTube. So I'm everywhere. Right now, I'm in your ears. So there's no reason not to subscribe to the podcast. All right. So here's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, If you follow the game of basketball and if you're able to discuss it with some uh, fans, if you will, of the game, uh, more often than not, the subject of championship rings will come into the conversation and discussion. And it's always an interesting uh, take because uh, there are a group of people, group of fans, uh, a segment of the population that really, really weighs heavily on the fact of whether or not a guy has won a championship ring or not. Um, And in this case, we're talking, when I say ring, we're talking about NBA championship. Um, So I I think it's really interesting when you think about it, when you think about over the period of time, uh, this is the thing that I call, we're in what, what I call right now, the ring culture, where people really, really either respect or disrespect cats who don't have rings. Um, I'll say this much about NBA championships and and NBA rings. Um, All of this ring talk is Jordan's fault. (laughs) You got to blame Michael Jordan for this because he won six rings and he is the standard bearer uh, for this discussion. Now, Jordan doesn't or at least from afar, it doesn't appear to be that he rubs his rings in people's faces. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the, the, the crowd or the fans or the nation or whatever you want to call it of Michael Jordan, um, you know, they kind of adapted to this ring culture. So it became a, a issue, you know, especially as the generation and generations that came behind Jordan, as guys started to separate themselves as far as winners and losers and, and rings. And you had the Kobe's and you had the LeBron's and so forth and so on. Uh, you know, so there's been a lot of discussion, particularly here lately, about rings and, and legacy and all of this stuff like that. Um, so it got me to thinking, you uh, I said, you know what, man, let me put together a top 10 list, certified top 10 list of NBA players to never win a ring. First and foremost, let me start by saying that I don't think necessarily that a ring defines you because these 10 guys that I'm going to name are all dope players, all great within their own rights, all Hall of Famers um, in my eyes. Uh, and, and I think, you know, you have to understand that, let's be honest, there's only one champion every year. <laughs> I mean, so there, there could only be one champion. And when there's only one champion, what can you do? There's one team that wins and then there's, what, 31 other teams that, you know, go home losing. So uh, with that being said, I don't think that that necessarily takes away from the greatness of these players that I'm going to mention. Um, I will say this much. I think if we get ourselves hung up on whether or not someone has a ring or how they want a ring or what have you like that, 
I think you end up losing sight of the greatness of the player. Uh, you know, you look at a guy, and, and I'll, I'll throw two guys out there, uh, Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. Definitely future Hall of Famers. Uh, both of them retired with five rings. And when you talk about their legacy in the discussion, you know, that will always come up how many championships they won. But, you know, if you take away the, the rings and the championships, you still have to acknowledge the fact that they're great players. I mean, you still have to acknowledge how great Kobe was. You still have to acknowledge how great Tim Duncan was. And I think sometimes when we get caught up in worrying about how many rings a guy has or the fact that he didn't win a ring or what have you, um, we kind of lose sight of that, right? So uh, I'm going to give you my certified top 10 uh, NBA players to never win a ring. Now, I will say that this comes with a caveat. I've been watching basketball since 1980, right? So <laughs> I've been watching basketball probably a little bit longer than some of you listening to this before you even born. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that makes me the authority on basketball because having watched basketball from 1980 means that I didn't see a lot of players. <laughs> so just to give you an idea, like one player that I'm not going to put on this list is Elgin Baylor. Uh, Elgin Baylor did not win a ring. Uh, I never saw Elgin Baylor play. So it's kind of hard for me to evaluate or, you know, kind of put him, place him on a list if I never saw him play. So I'm just going to base this on players from 1980 uh, to current. Um, and also, I'm not going to include any players that are currently playing because I can do this podcast today and, you know, somebody who's playing today could possibly win a ring, uh, you know, next year. I don't know. So, uh, so I will mention them at the end, but just for the sake of this argument or this discussion, uh, again, I didn't see guys like Elgin Baylor play, um, Elgin Blair, excuse me, Elgin Baylor, uh, retired in, I want to say like 1972, which is the same year I was born. So never saw him play. So (laughs) I can't make a, uh, I can't bring him into the discussion as far as great players to never win an NBA title. And again, certified top 10. And I, I think personally, I still hold these players in very, very high regard, regardless of whether or not they won a ring or not, because I think there's some mitigating circumstances to them, to all of them as to why they didn't win a ring. And I'll talk about that as well. Uh, in this podcast okay so here we go certified top 10 nba players to never win a nba title all right so number 10 chris weber chris weber uh primarily known i mean he played in different places but uh you know i remember the, the best years from Chris Weber were in Sacramento. Um, what can I say, man? Chris Weber was a beast in Sacramento. I mean, he was a beast his whole career, but um, this guy, five-time NBA All-Star. He was an NBA All-Star in 97, and then he was an NBA All-Star from 2000 to 2003. Uh, in 2001, he was all-first-team NBA. Uh, he was three-time second-team All-NBA. I'm excuse, excuse me, three-time NBA second team. Let me get that right. 
and then he made the All NBA third team once. Uh, he was the NBA Rookie of the Year in '94. Uh, he actually led the NBA in rebounding in 1999. Um, man, Weber, I think when you look at why he did not win a ring, there's a couple of things, right? When he was with the Kings, the closest he got was uh, Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken, against the Lakers. Um they just couldn't get over the hump. And and, and I think th- this is going to be a re- reoccurring theme that you hear in this podcast about guys who couldn't get over the hump and the reasons why. I mean, the two biggest reasons why Chris Webber did not win a title uh, was Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. And, and those Sacramento teams that uh, Chris Webber had with Mike Bibby, Pedro Stojakovic, um, you know, those guys, they were a great team. But, you know... They just couldn't get it done. I mean, it's early 2000s. It was just one of those things where you just couldn't get over the hump. And I don't know if it was something psychological. And I would I would wonder and I would ask Chris Webber if I ever got a chance to ask him if he thought that it was something psychological that they couldn't get over the hump as far as L.A. was concerned. Um, but they pushed him. man. They pushed the Lakers, you know, the Lakers in their prime uh, to the limit. Uh, just couldn't get over the hump. And then the other reason why Chris Webber never won a ring was because um, injuries. I mean, he had a devastating, almost career-threatening knee injury, which required microscope, um, microscopic fracture. I think that's what they call it. Um, microfracture. I'm sorry. Microfracture. And um, so he had the microfracture surgery. And, you know, that is very, I mean, it's very devastating when it comes to uh, NBA players and NFL players for that matter. Um, and so he lost a little bit of lift on his jumper. He lost a little bit of, you know, being able to move laterally. But I mean, Chris Webber had a great mid-range shot, very good passer, very smart player as well. Um, just couldn't get it done, man. So he comes in at the, on the list at number 10. Uh, his statistics, I mean, he averaged 20.7 points a game. Uh, 9.8 rebounds a game and 4.2 assists. So, you know, the numbers show that he is, he was a great player. Unfortunately, um, did not win a ring. So he winds up at number 10. Uh, number nine, Steve Nash. Man, when I say ball player, Steve Nash was a ball player, man. Steve Nash was, I mean, he was incredible. He was incredible. Now, and I know Steve Nash catches a lot of flag. Um, just to give you an idea, uh, he won the MVP twice <laughs> in 2005 and 2006. And some would say via controversy, but I mean, hey, he won the MVP twice. Uh, he was an eight-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA first team, two-time All-NBA second team, uh, two-time All-NBA third team he was uh the nba leader in assists five times um he also participated in the nba skills uh, challenge and won that championship twice in 2005 and 2010 uh he was also named the uh walter the j walter kennedy citizenship award uh, in 2007 so i mean hey man Steve Nash did it all. Steve Nash played on multiple teams, but primarily known for his time with the Suns, because I think that's where he spent the most uh, time with. 
Um, but uh, he 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 had the the MVP trophies. Uh, and to be honest, watching the teams that he played for with the Phoenix Suns, he played on some very good teams, and they were very much fun to watch. They got up and down the floor. Uh, he was a floor general, wizard with the basketball. Uh, you know, Nash was deceptively quick. Uh, he could get past you. Um, why did Nash not win a ring? I think injuries, uh, not just to Nash, but to his team. Uh, Nash was pretty durable for the most part, but he had injuries to, I think one year, Amari Stoudemire got hurt. Uh, Joe Johnson was on a team, one of his teams that got hurt. Um, Amari Stoudemire got suspended in, I think it was 2007 against the Spurs. Um, and that team could have, that team probably was the best team that he had to make a run. Um, even those MVP years, Nash, you know, was on some very good teams, but they, again, they couldn't get over the hump. I, I just, looking back on it, I don't know if Nash necessarily had enough talent around him. And that's not making any excuses. I'm just being real with you. I just don't know if Nash had enough talent around him. Now, some would say, well, hey, he had enough talent to win two MVPs because obviously you don't win the MVP by yourself. But, you know, that will always be a knock because Nash never made it to the finals. And here he is, the two-time MVP. And you'll have sports fans that say, well, Nash was a two-time MVP and he never made it to the finals. I mean, who cares? I mean, it really, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I think, you know, you have to go back and look at the voting of 2005 and 2006 as to how and why Nash got the MVP. Um, that being said, I think he's still a great player. Um, he just recently retired a few years ago, so he's a certified Hall of Famer. I think um, you can't deny his impact uh, on you know players of today like Steph Curry uh, and Kyrie Irving. So you know you say what you want about Nash, didn't get it done. Great player, nonetheless. He comes in at number nine. Uh, number eight, Bernard King, my man BK, Bernard King, man, what can I say about Bernard King? Bernard King was a scoring machine. He played in the late seventies to mid eighties. Um, actually I think he retired in the early nineties. Um, let me run it down for him. Bernard King. Oh, you know, let me backtrack. Let me give you Steve Nash's stats for those of you out there listening. Um, Steve Nash had, as far as his points, he averaged 14.3 points a game, assists 8.5 a game, and he had three rebounds a game. So, you know, he, he was going to bring it pretty much every night. All right, now back to Bernard King. Bernard King, like I said, man, scoring machine. Uh, he averaged 22.5 points a game. Uh, 5.8 rebounds a game, 3.3 assists per game. Uh, BK was a four-time All-Star, making an All-Star team in 82, 84, 85, and 91. Uh, Two-time first NBA first team uh, in 84 and 85. Uh, All-NBA second team, All-NBA third team. Uh, all rookie team in 1978 and in 1985 he was the NBA scoring champion the scoring champion in 85 BK Bernard King uh, that year he averaged 32.9 points a game and then at the age of 34 he averaged 28.4 points a game 
I mean, he was a scoring machine. He was a scoring machine, man. Uh, there was no place that he couldn't make a shot from on the court. Uh, I, I love watching him play, man. And I think he is one of the most slept on players uh, probably of the of his generation. And I, I mean, slept on because his teams, he never got, he only got out of the first round, first round twice. Uh, so, you know, so you never saw him on the big stage. You never saw him, uh, you know, in the NBA finals or what have you. So I think, again, you know, not just not only does he not have a ring, but he doesn't have a lot of playoff success. And I'm going to be honest, particularly the teams that he played with, uh, with the Knicks. They weren't. I mean, he just didn't have a lot. It, it was just him. I mean, like he had to score because <laughs> it really wasn't a lot of talent around him. He had some, don't don't get me wrong, but at the same time, when you're talking about the playoffs, you're talking about elevating your game and taking it to the next level. So um, that being said, I think, you know, Bernard King, phenomenal player, is just, he just couldn't get over the hump, man. Just couldn't get over the hump. And again, uh, through no fault of his own, I just think there just wasn't. When you look at, if do yourself a favor, go back and look at some of those rosters on the teams that he played with with the Knicks. It just it just wasn't, you know, he didn't have that one, two, three punch or what have you, or or a deep bench. And and again, that doesn't take away from what he did individually because as I mentioned, he's a score he was a scoring machine. I mean, in 85 to average 32.9, that's unheard of. Uh so yeah, big shout out to Bernard King who comes in at number eight. Number seven. Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight reel, my man, Neek, uh, never won an NBA title, although he did win a European title because uh, at the end of his NBA career, he went over to Europe and played ball in Europe, but that does not count for this discussion. <laughs> We're talking about NBA titles. Um Man, what can I say about Dominique, man? Nine-time NBA All-Star from 86 to 94. Uh, He once made the All-NBA first team. Four times he made the second team. Two times he made the third team. Uh, He was All-Rookie in 83. And, of course, you know, he was a uh, scoring champion in 1986. So, I mean, Nick could fill it up, man. I mean, you got to get – let me stop right there. You got to give props to anybody who could lead the league in scoring in the 80s because, let me tell you something, it wasn't that easy to score, (laughs) first and foremost. Um, Two-time slam dunk champion in 85 and 90, and he got robbed in 88. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> uh, Neek also participated in the uh, Shooting Stars All-Star Game competition, won that uh, from 2013 to 2014, excuse me, 2013 to 2015. Um, and he's the Hawks' all-time leading scorer. And to be honest, as for watching the Hawks on a nightly basis, I don't think anybody's going to come close to Dominique anytime soon. My man Neek averaged 24.8 points a game. 6.7 rebounds a game and 2.5 assists per game. Uh, why did Neek not win a title? Um, it's pretty simple. It Dominique and the Hawks were in the East, and to be honest, they didn't stand much of a chance getting past uh, Bird and the Celtics. They didn't stand much of a chance getting past Dr. J and the Sixers. Um, 
they didn't stand much of a chance getting past Isaiah and the Pistons. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't take away from his career, but honestly, Dominique just did. He, he didn't have enough around him. I mean, he, he just didn't. And, you know, you know, I think a lot of times we tend to knock players for, you know, wanting to play with other superstars and stuff. But I mean, like, realistically, when you win a title, it takes a collective effort. And even if, and I'm not saying that you got to go get the two or three best superstars in the league to play together, but you have to have complementary pieces. And if you look at some of the teams that Dominique played with, I mean, it was just Dominique. So he had to get, I mean, like, if, if Dominique doesn't give you 20, 28, 30 a night, you look down the Hawks bench, who, who are you going to get it from? Doc Rivers? <laughs> John Conkak? I mean, so, you know, I, I think he, uh, you have to, you just got to give Dominique props, man. I mean, and he, he came off of a devastating Achilles injury and still, um, even at the age of 34, almost averaged 26 points. So, I mean, he was a score machine. He, he was going to, he was going to get his shots up and, you know, I, I've heard people call Dominique a ball. I don't think he was a ball hog. I think Dominique, he had to score for the Hawks to be relevant and to you know be in games. If he did not shoot, like I said, there was nobody else to shoot. You know, go back and look at some of those Hawks teams. They were trash. Nonetheless, Neek comes in at number seven. Uh, number six. Take it to Indianapolis. My man, Reggie Miller. Yeah, Reggie Miller is coming in at number six. Um, Reggie Miller, you know him, the Nick killer. <laughs> uh, the man who single-handedly destroyed the Knicks in a playoff game in eight seconds. Uh, he was a five-time NBA All-Star. Uh, three times he made the NBA All-NBA third team. Uh, he too also won the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award in, 19, excuse me, in 2004. Uh, he was named USA Basketball Male Athlete of the Year in 2002. Uh, he is also the Indiana Pacers all-time leading scorer. He spent his entire career with the Pacers. I think Reggie played 18 years. Um, man, I mean, one of the most clutch shooters of his generation, arguably the most clutch shooter of his generation, uh, three-point sniper. Uh, and, you know, it's always interesting to me about Reggie's three-point shooting ability was that, like, he had the ugliest shot. <laughs> His shot was mad ugly, yo. But it went in, you know, so I, I you, you can't really knock him for that. So, um, yeah, Reggie, Reggie was a great player, man. Great player. He averaged 18.2 points a game. Uh, he, he is second all-time in three-pointers. Uh, with 2,560, and he averaged three assists per game. Um, so, I mean, Reggie's a great player, man. He got close, made it to the finals, um, just couldn't, you know, ran into Shaq and Kobe. And um, I think when you look at his legacy, I don't think that that his, I don't think his legacy should be diminished. I mean, he was just, and, and Reggie, is a player that I think particularly toward the end, the latter part of his career could have, you know, asked for a trade to, you know, link on with a team with a better shot at winning a title. Um, just couldn't get it done. And Reggie didn't want to leave uh, Indianapolis to his credit. Um, so, you know, great player, 
you know, the face of the franchise with the Pacers, the best Pacer. When you think Pacers, you think Reggie Miller automatically. You think about number 31. Um, one of the greatest shooters in the game ever from any era. And again, I mean, his range was crazy. Um, but nonetheless, didn't get a ring. Uh, and why? It's kind of hard to say because he, he Reggie, Reggie was on some very good teams. And again, he did make it to the finals. He ran up against the Bulls a couple of times in the final. I'm excuse me, in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, but for whatever reason, they just didn't get it done. And they had talent around, um, but no rings for Reggie. And again, that does not. I don't think that takes away from what he did because you know that if there was a three point shot around, Reggie's gonna put it up. <laughs> and if he put it up, it was going in. All right, so that's one. That's ten through six. Tell you what, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back, and on the other side, we'll go through five through one. Uh, certified top five NBA players to never win a title. Be back in just a second. Again, 12 Kyle Podcast. We're talking about the certified top 10 NBA players to never win a ring. Uh, at number 10, we got Chris Weber. Number 9, Steve Nash. Number 8, Bernard King. Number 7, Human Highlight Reel, Dominique Wilkins. And at number 6, Reggie Miller. Uh, number 5, John Stockton. Man. John Stockton was a beast. And I think when you look at him, and, and he was a guy that was very unheralded coming out of college, uh, you know, he, he does, <laughs> at first glance, he doesn't look, he, he doesn't look like an NBA player. He looks like your dentist, right? <laughs> so, I mean, so there's nothing about him that screams NBA player, but John Stockton is the man. Um, First and foremost, 10-time All-Star. Uh, he was also a game MVP in 1993. Uh, twice he made the NBA first team. Six times he made the All-NBA second team. Three times he made the All-NBA third team. All right, here's the thing that really stands out to me. Uh, he was five times he was All-NBA defensive second team, right? Uh he led the NBA in assists nine times from 1988 to 1996. He was also the NBA steals leader in 89 and 92. He was a member. He was named on the uh, NBA greatest 50 players of all time. And John Stockton is the all-time assist leader in the NBA and the all-time steals leader in the NBA. 
Wow. Let me say that again. The all-time assist leader and the all-time steals leader in the NBA. And John Stockton does not have a ring. Um, incredible player. Incredible player. Uh, I've heard some people call him a dirty player. I wouldn't call Stockton dirty. I thought Scott. I thought Stockton was a good player. I don't think he. I don't think he played dirty or anything like that. At least not to me, from what I could see. Um, watched a lot of you know his games or what have you growing up. Um, I think one of the things that always stood out to me about Stockton was. Stockton did whatever he had to do to get the job done. Obviously, you know, he was going to, he, he was a pass first point guard, um, but he could get buckets. He could, you know, fill up his stat sheet and he played defense. A, a lot of his steals, you know, some of them were, you know, straight up steals, but, you know, a lot of it was off the ball. But nonetheless, I mean, John Stockton, he, he played on both ends of the floor and he doesn't, he doesn't have the reputation as a quote unquote lockdown defender. Um, because you know, in the 80s, you probably, in the 80s and 90s, you weren't really necessarily locking somebody down. But um, I don't think that you become the all-time steals. <laughs> tongue-tied here. I don't think that you become the all-time steals leader without you know playing some defense. Uh, he averaged 13.1 points a game, uh, averaged 10 is 10.5 assists. So he averaged the double double. Uh, and then he averaged 2.2 steals per game at 3,265 steals in his career. Incredible. Uh, why did Stockton not win a title? Stockton played his whole, his, his, he played his entire career in Utah. Um, obviously, two years back to back, they made it to the NBA Finals and ran up against Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson. And they did not get it done. Um, does not diminish anything that this man has accomplished. Uh, you know, to say Jordan knocked you off. I mean, hey, Jordan knocked a lot of people. <laughs> he knocked a lot of people out of the mix. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, John Stockton, incredible, incredible player. Uh, great guy too. Great guy as well. Um, number four, Patrick Ewing, New York Knicks. Um, man, what can I say about Patrick Ewing? Patrick Ewing arguably was probably when I was coming up, man. Patrick Ewing was like the premier big man. Like I, I just, you know, I'm I'm not a big man, so you know. But when I would watch big man, you, when you wanted to watch a big man back to the basket play, you know, Patrick Ewing was that guy, man. I mean, obviously, you know, he was the the you know very much her- heralded coming out of Georgetown, uh, the number one draft pick to the New York Knicks. Uh, he was an 11-time All-Star. Uh, made the NBA first team once. Uh, six times he made the All-NBA second team. Uh, three-time All-NBA defensive second team. He was obviously the Rookie of the Year in 1996. Uh, one of the 50 greatest players of all times list. And he is the all-time leading scorer for the New York Knickerbockers. Um, man. Like I said, man, on, on both ends of the floor, <laughs> Patrick Ewing is incredible, man. I mean, like, you know, his name, you know, comes up a lot when people talk about players who never want to ring. And it's in a, in a kind of demeaning or condescending way, man. But that you can't take away from Pat, Patrick Ewing's greatness. I mean, Patrick Ewing averaged 21 points a game, averaged 9.8 assists, excuse me, 9.8 rebounds a game. 
and averaged 2.4 blocks a game. 2.4 blocks a game. So he was getting it done, man. I mean, and as he got later in his career, he could step out, hit that 18-footer with no problem. Um, he was the Knicks, man. I mean, he was the anchor. Uh, why did they not win a title? Obviously, they ran into Jordan. And, I mean, they kept running into Jordan. And not only did they run into Jordan, um, you know, he made it to the finals one year. I think it was that was the strike-shortened season, and they lost to the Spurs. So he ran into, you know, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, his first time making it to the NBA Finals, um, he runs into Hakeem Olajuwon. And, Joy, you know, so that year there's no Jordan, but, you know, they can't get past Olajuwon. Um, they go to seven games, and John Starks misses damn near every single shot he takes. <laughs> Shout out to the Knicks fans. Uh, I like trolling them. Um, nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, you can't take that away from Patrick Ewing, man. I, I, I mean, incredible player. Uh, you know, I think if you have a bit, and, and here's the, the great thing about Patrick Ewing, like when you think about back to the basket centers, which pretty much don't exist anymore. Um, when you think about it, you 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 have to you know mention a guy like Patrick Ewing. He was probably one of the last guys you know, from his era, uh, from the modern era, really, to play with their back to the basket and dominate. Um, you know, at, like he and Shaq probably were a couple of the last guys to do that. Um, and it's unfortunate, like I said, because I think, you know, that's a knock on Patrick Ewing. And, you know, what's crazy is a lot of, a lot of those years that they did not make it, uh, Jordan stood in the way and Jordan and, and Patrick Ewing are really good friends and Jordan lets Patrick Ewing know about it every single time they hang out. I mean, right? Could you imagine hanging out with your boy and your boys constantly remind you of, you know, the time that he denied you getting a ring and he got a ring. <laughs> Jordan's an asshole like that. Um, but then again, I probably would do the same thing to my friends. No lie. <laughs> um... But yeah, incredible player, man. Love Patrick Ewing. I don't like, didn't like the Knicks growing up. Um, you know, so, hey, I was, but I wanted to, you know, ultimately, even though I didn't like the Knicks, I wanted to see Patrick Ewing. Um, I wanted to see him win. You know, I wanted to see him do well. Uh, you know, but it just wasn't meant to be. It, it, it just wasn't meant to be. And, oh, you know, I take that back. Patrick Ewing, I don't think Patrick Ewing... Uh, he, you know what? On that 99 team, he missed uh, the finals with the with an injury. So he played against San Antonio in 99, uh, played against Houston in, I think that was 94. So he actually played in that finals, but he missed one because of an injury. Uh, so he didn't get a chance to play against Duncan and uh, David Robinson. So... Nonetheless, man, incredible player. Love Patrick Ewing straight out of Georgetown. Speaking of Georgetown, number three, Allen Iverson, a.k.a. Bubba Chuck. Man, uh, if anybody knows me, you know that Allen Iverson is my second favorite NBA player of all time behind Michael Jordan. Um, Allen Iverson, man, what can I say? Uh, he was the MVP in 2001. 
He was an 11 time All Star from 2000 to 2010. Uh, twice he was the NBA, the NBA All Star Game MVP. Uh, he made All NBA First Team in 2000, excuse me, 1999, 2001, 2005. Uh, three times he made Second Team. Uh, one time he made the Third Team. Uh, obviously, he was the Rookie of the Year. Uh, scoring champion in 1999, 2001, 2002, and 2005. He also led the NBA in scoring uh, from 2001 to 2003. Um, as far as points, sick man. Allen Iverson averaged 26.7 points a game, 3.7 rebounds, 6.2 points excuse me, assists per game. I mean, what can I say, man? What can I say? Allen Iverson did it all. Uh, And he did not play on, you know, relatively good teams, if you will. Um, I'm sorry, 6.2 assists per game. I don't know if I said assists or steals. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, (laughs) Why didn't Iverson win a ring? Um, Iverson's only appearance in the finals was uh, when they went up against the Lakers and Shaq and Kobe. And Iverson obviously carried them the game one win. That was a game where he hit the shot and stepped over Tyron Lue. Um, so, yeah, man. And that was incredible because nobody thought that Philly had a chance. And Philly, you know, through the first punch. Now the Lakers did subsequently subsequently win the next four <laughs> in a gentleman sweep against the uh, Sixers, but um, nonetheless, man. I mean, Chuck scored forty eight that game, so it was you know he was incredible, man. I mean, I, Allen Iverson in his prime is one of those players that you would pay any amount of money to go see play live, and I saw him play in person, and I mean he was incredible on a night to night basis. He always said. Hey, I'm going to leave it on the floor, play every game like it's my last. And that's exactly what he did. And it's unfortunate that it did not result in a title. Uh, I think why he did not win a ring, obviously he played on some bad teams. And, you know, I think he probably could have, if he would have adjusted his game and I don't know, and he could have, he probably could have played for another team uh, in a lesser role, but I think Iverson, particularly when he was in his prime and even on the backside of his prime, he still felt like he could, you know, give you 25, 26 a night. And he could. <laughs> so, you know, so that, that there was no denying in that. Um, and I think, you know, part of the issue was, too, is that they never really had the kind of players to complement his game. And I think that was something that... Um, Philadelphia was constantly looking for, but you know, for whatever reason, I mean, because they had players, they had you know guys like Stackhouse to play with him, Larry Hughes, um, so they had young talent to play with him. It's just for whatever reason, it did not work. It did not mesh his game and his style. And, you know, Larry Brown. Um, so it, it just didn't happen for Iverson. Uh, nonetheless, man, I mean. Pound for pound, the hardest player, the best to me, pound for pound, the best player to ever play in the NBA, period. Pound for pound, because Allen Iverson is probably barely six feet tall. Uh, he's probably barely 180 pounds, uh, soaking wet rocks in his pocket. Um, 
you know I, I take it back he's probably about 165 because he's not, he's not a big dude at all so man big shout out much love to Bubba Chuck uh, does not take away from his legacy he's just recently inducted to the uh, NBA Hall of Fame um, so you know much love to him great player just didn't win a ring uh, number two Carl Malone uh, the mailman did not win a ring despite averaging 25 points a game, 10.1 rebounds per game, 3.5 assists per game. Uh, his point total, 36,928 points, is second in all-time NBA history behind the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So here's a guy who's second on the all-time scoring list, and he does not have a ring. He was a two-time MVP of the league. In 97 and 99, 14-time All-Star, two-time All-Star Game MVP, 11 times he made the All-NBA first team, two times he made the All-NBA second team, uh, one time he made the All-NBA third team, three times he made the All-Defensive first team, All-Defensive second team once. He was named the All-NBA Rookie Team in 1986. He is the Jazz, obviously with being the NBA's all-time leading scorer, he is the Jazz's all-time leading scorer. And he was named one of the 50 greatest greatest players to ever play the game, Mr. Carl Malone. And why did he not win a ring? Same reason as Stockton. <laughs> uh, Malone, you know, he, he tried. And he also ended up playing with the Lakers one year. Um, or was it two years? I can't even remember. Uh, but nonetheless, did not win a ring. Um, definitely does not diminish from his greatness. Uh, I think, you know, Malone and Stockton, you know, will always be two of the all time greats. Uh, and they're in my top five as far as not having won a ring. Um, you know, I think, I think. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that didn't like Carl Malone personally, but I don't, but you couldn't front on his game. I mean, he was a big guy. He could run the floor. He could shoot. He could pass. He could do a little bit of everything. Rebound, um, you know, and, and he and Stockton played that. They ran that pick and roll. I mean, it was going to pick and roll you to death. And, you know, it was a question of what, what could – I mean, like, it's it had to be disheartening to play against the Jazz when you know that pick and roll is coming and there's nothing that you can do about it. Absolutely nothing. So, um, yeah, Carl Malone is number two on the list. And number one, the guy who always, names always come up, and I've got him number one on my list, uh, greatest NBA players to never win a championship ring, Charles Barkley. Um, Barkley averaged 22.1 points a game. 11.7 11.7 rebounds per game, 3.9 assists per game. Uh, he was the MVP in 1993, an 11-time All-Star from 97, from 87 to 97. He was named the All-Star Game MVP in 1991. Uh, All-NBA first team, five times. All-NBA second team, five times. He made the All-NBA third team one time. Uh, he was named to the rookie team in 1985. He is the NBA rebounding leader. He, he led the NBA in rebounds in 1987. And he, too, was named to the NBA's 50 greatest players of all time. Um, what can you say about Sir Charles? Um, people either like Charles or they hate him. I mean, like, 
know what I mean? Like, there's really no in between. And that and that has nothing to do with his basketball prowess. That has to do with everything that comes out of his mouth. And it's always been like that. And even with Barkley being on TV, nowadays it's the same thing. Um, but we're talking strictly basketball here. I think Barkley was a guy that, uh, you know, they had Barkley listed at 6'6". Six, six. Realistically, he was probably about 6'4". Um, and he would go in there and bang, man. He would on, on a night to night basis and he could run the floor in his, especially early in his career. He could run the floor like a gazelle. He could jump. He dunk on you. He block shots. He Charles did everything on a night to night basis. Uh, those years in Philadelphia were tough because he didn't, you know, he came to the Sixers. I think he, Dr. J was still there. Moses Malone was there. They were on the downside of their careers. And, you know, he was supposed to resurrect the Sixers. Didn't happen. Went to Phoenix. Um, you know, Charles bounced around. In fact, if I look at this list, um, only John Stockton and Reggie Miller are the only players on this top certified top 10 list that stayed with one team um, their entire careers, which I think is interesting, which goes back to what I mentioned at the beginning, is that a lot of times players are criticized for, quote unquote, chasing rings. Um, and I don't necessarily know that any of these players that I mentioned chased rings necessarily when they went from team to team Barkley definitely chased rings (laughs) he definitely chased a chance to play for a title and I don't begrudge great players for doing that um there's a segment of sports fans that you know they they hate on that like it's just not my thing is this at the end of the day people remember champions and i've just given you a list of 10 guys who didn't win championships and they're not necessarily held in the same regard and i don't think that that's fair because i think that does not take away from their greatness charles barkley was an incredible player uh he made it to the nba finals once and ran up against his buddy michael jordan and jordan beat him in six games and uh you know it was just just and that was ironically that was the same year that in 1993 where Barkley won the MVP so you know Phoenix if I'm not mistaken Phoenix had the best record in the league and you know Jordan and his guys they win and they win the third of their first three-peat um so you know it, it just didn't happen for Charles and it wasn't because of his lack of effort uh he did everything he could to try to bring a championship to Phoenix um Again, Jordan was in the way. <laughs> Jordan was in the way for a lot of guys. Kobe and Shaq were in the way for a lot of guys. And that's what happens when you have dynasties from time to time. Isaiah and his guys were in the way for, for some teams as well. So, you know, it just happened. It happened. And that does not diminish the the, the lack of greatness of these players. Um, now, I wrote down a couple of people's name who at the time of this recording don't have rings. And... You know, we come back and, you know, 10 years or let's say five years later, uh, they may still be on this list. I'm not even sure. Uh, But these are players who uh, don't have rings. I think, let's see, two two of the players. Let me go ahead and name two that did not make my list. And I'm going to put them down as honorable mention. Now, their playing careers are over. Uh, the great Alex English, uh, mostly known from his time in Denver, um, phenomenal player, just didn't win a ring. Uh, the Iceman, George Gervin, um, one thing he could do was finger roll. <laughs> I 
uh, Iceman does not have a ring. Now, some of the current players that are playing as of the uh, as of the time of this recording that don't have rings: Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. Well, Tracy McGrady's not playing. I'm sorry. So he he could have been in the other list. Tracy McGrady, no rings. Great player. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. All great players don't have rings. And unfortunately, particularly for those guys who I mentioned who are current players, they're, you know, they're subject to this ring discussion. And this they're subject to this ring discussion from sports fans. And unfortunately, there's a segment of the population of the sports fans that will hold this against them, given the fact that they don't have rings and you can make a case that they may never get a ring. Um, you know, Durant probably has a good shot at winning the ring, but you just never know. Um, nonetheless, man, I don't think that a ring necessarily defines a career. Uh, we've mentioned some of the greatest players to ever play the game. I've given you their stats. I've given you their accomplishments. They are all, um, with the exception, I think, of Chris Webber, they're all in the Basketball Hall of Fame or will be headed to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, And I think Chris Webber probably will get in as well. Um, So that doesn't diminish what they've done. You got to keep in mind, basketball is a team sport. It's not golf. It's not tennis. Uh, So... If you're a star, yeah, you're you're supposed to propel your team to the next level, uh, but not everybody can do it. And at the end of the day, I think one thing we as sports fans have to understand, there's only one champion. And sometimes finishing second, it ain't the end of the world, particularly if you're a great player. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll holler at you next time. Five thousand.